0: Well, amen and amen. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 is where we're going to be this morning. Oh, man, and uh, as you're turning there, don't you love that old song of the faith? Turn your eyes on Jesus, right? Uh, um, that ought to be the call in every season of life for us, that our eyes should be fixed on him, um, because he's greater than the waves that may be crashing in our life, right? Uh, he is the only reason why we have the joys and the victories of the life that we've got. Uh, and so our eyes should ever be fixed on uh, him. First Thessalonians chapter 2, we're continuing our series uh, entitled Standing Firm, looking at the epistle or the letter that Paul wrote to uh, the Christians in a region known as Thessalonica uh, during the first century. And uh, like I mentioned last week, this letter was written really to encourage, to strengthen the believers that were there. But as we'll see over the next couple of weeks, Paul addresses issues uh, pertaining to faith, right? Uh, uh, He talks about uh, end times. We'll see that in the next couple of weeks here and what to expect from that. Uh, He talks about the call to, to stand firm and to live right a godly life and what that entails, what that looks like. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, he's looking to strengthen and encourage uh, the saints. And so 1 Thessalonians 2 uh, we see verses one through twelve, Paul share about his ministry uh, when he visited there in Thessalonica a few years before writing this letter to them. Uh, and then we see after verse sixteen through the end of the chapter, uh, him really uh, uh, express a yearning or a desire to go back because his time in Thessalonica uh, was unique. Man, he uh, it says in verse eight of chapter two that uh, not only were he and his people able to share the gospel with them, man, they shared their lives. With with them. There was a deep investment that came with, man, uh, their ministry there, which ought to be said of uh, us, man, and our uh, ministry to those within the faith. We are more than just a sea of faces that are here, we are family. Uh, and so man when, when we 've got a transition you know in our context here, because of military, uh you know when when you 've got a transition on right, it ought to be tough, and there ought to be a yearning right to not want to leave, and when you do leave, there ought to be a yearning to want to stay and connect because right we have done life uh, together that 's what Paul expresses within that first portion, uh, and then the last portion he talks about is longing to see them again, but tucked away. In between those two sections are, are verses 13 through 16, uh, which really speak to a specific reason why Paul uh, and his uh, homies Slovanus and Timothy were thanking God for uh, this church in Thessalonica. Uh, and so I want to go ahead and, and read those four verses. We're going to be in 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 through 16. Uh, if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. Uh, we're going to read together. If you don't have a copy of God's word in front of you, they'll be on the screen. Uh, but this is what the word of uh, the Lord says, it says this. And we also talking about Paul, Slovenus, and Timothy, we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. For you brothers became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things for your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out. And uh, displease God, uh, drove us out and displease God and oppose all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved. So as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them at last. What Paul shares here with the church in Thessalonica is this, hey. They were able, right, to endure suffering. They were willing to endure it. They were willing to stand for the Lord, right, because they chose to receive God's word. Now, the context there is it can speak of them receiving the gospel message, them getting saved. But also, man, it speaks to them receiving the truth of God in their life. See, here's the thing. They allowed for the word of God to work in them. To change them. And so as a result of that man. Hey they were able to stand. For uh, the Lord. A- a- another way to put it is. This Hey, the Thessalonican church. They chose to treasure. God's word. The question is. Do you treasure it? Huh. Do you treasure. His word. will not we pray one more time. And then we will uh, jump into the message this morning. Lord God. I. Just thank you, Lord, for um, your love for us, Lord. Thank you for the gift that is your your word. God, we thank you for the model of the Thessalonian church that chose to be a people that God saw value in your word, knowing your word. God, and it was showed in their reception of God, help us to be a people that God, choose the treasure, God, the truth of your word. Help us to see that this book that we have in front of us is more than just a history book or a fact book or a textbook, Lord. It is your word uh, to us, your love letter to us. And God, help, God, to stir, Lord, a desire and a hunger to want to get in it. God, continue to meet with us now, Lord. Have your way, Lord. And God, we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Uh, The church in Thessalonica, man, they treasured the word of God. And it was shown in their reception of it. Best way I can explain it is this. One of my favorite uh, commercials, it doesn't air anymore, it was a long-time commercial. It was a, a Snickers commercial. Where there were, uh, you know, uh, several I guess friends that were playing a little backyard football, right? And and in the commercial, one of the folks that was running around was actually an old lady. It was Betty White that was running around, and they throw her the ball, and she ends up dropping and it gets crushed, gets tackled, right, and gets up, and they exchange some words, and the quarterback says, "Hey, hey, listen, you know, Mark, man, hey, you're not yourself, man. Here, grab a Snickers, man. Hey, eat." The Snickers there, man. And the point of the commercial, once she ate it, hey, you know, he he became his old self again and was running and and was good uh, to go. The point of the commercial was, right, that Snickers ultimately satisfied, right, the hunger of that individual. He needed to eat something in order to, man, become what he needed to become to play uh, that game. Listen, in the same way, when it comes to our Christian life, church, it is the reception of the word, the intake of God's word that leads, hello, to the outward expression of our faith. Because hey, when we intake God's word, man, we grow in him. We follow what second Peter three says. We grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord, which leads right to an outward living. It leads to a changed life. It leads to us living differently. Because, man, hey, we have got the Word in us, and the Word is changing us. Don't miss the picture. Some of us in the Christian life, we think that, hey, it is uh, uh, by way of uh, reformation that we become uh, better Christians. Hey, you know, we we uh, if we just choose to live a reformed life, it's more than that. No, no, when we came to faith in Jesus, our life was transformed. And the call for us, man, in, in order for us to live that transformed life, Right, is the answer of the call, man, hey, to take in his word, to receive his word, to choose to treasure his word. And what that looks like is, hey, getting in his word more than just, man, a couple of minutes on a Sunday. Hello. What that looks like is choosing, man, hey, to, to, to do more than just reading the verse of the day. that you get on your phone. Man, it's you choosing, man, to invest time. Man, in communing with God by digging into His Word. The Thessalonican church, hey, they received, man, the Word of God. And it led to their change. It's the the inward reception of the Word which leads to the outward expression of our faith. Man, the Thessalonican church, hey, they treasured God's Word. The question is, how do we do that? How do we choose to be folks that treasure God's word? I believe it's right here in the text. We see here in Paul's thanksgiving to the the church there. How do we treasure God's word? Well, firstly, this is what we do, church. Hey, we choose to receive it. Receive it. It says here, man, that that these three men, they constantly thank the Lord, man, for them receiving uh, the word, receiving the word. What does that look like? Reception of the word, right? First and foremost, looks like this, receiving the message of the gospel. Hey, that word receive in the original language, it's in what is known as the heiress tent. So it's a snapshot event. The people of Thessalonica, hey, when Paul came to them and shared the gospel with them, hey, they received the message of the gospel. They got saved in that moment. That's the first step in us. Man, treasuring God's word is receiving the message of the gospel. They heard the good news and they received it. The question is, hey, have you received the good news? Hey, can can I just be honest with you, church? I didn't ask, man, if you ascribe to the gospel message. I asked, have you received it? Hey, I didn't ask if you had a cognitive belief about the Lord Jesus and this message. And you say, oh, yeah, man, hey, that's, man, that's some good news, man. Hey, that, that, that gets me fired up. No, no, I didn't ask that. I asked, man, have you received it? We receive, man, the message of the gospel by profession of faith. And so the question heralds, hey, are you saved? Have you received it? John 3, 16. Look what it says. Most known verse, perhaps in all the scripture. Look what it says, man. For God so loved the world, man. I'm so glad he does that. He gave his only son that watch whoever believes it's an action in the original language speaks to reception. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says it like this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Hey, the reception of the gospel message, hey, it is an action. Has there been a point in time man, when you have responded to the message of the gospel and have received? It. Has there been a moment in time where you've done that, I know for me, hey, Brother Ross met, started going to church consistently when I was 12, 13 years old, and I didn't receive the message of the gospel until I was 16. Sat in a lot of church services, went to man church camps, sang all the hill song songs that we sang at youth camp, hill song, and you know, all the songs of you know the youth age. But there was never a point in time until April of 2009 that I had received the message of the gospel. Has there been a point in time when you have received it? That's the first step in receiving, and the word is hey, receiving the message of the gospel. Have you turned from your sins and trusted in Him? And secondly, right? Secondly, what receiving the word looks like is this: reading the scriptures. Reading the scriptures. Now, the Thessalonian church, they didn't have, man, hey, the whole full council, man, of the scriptures like we've got. But, hey, they they heard, right, the the Pentateuch. They had the Pentateuch there. They also, man, heard the word from Paul, right, and the people that went and ministered to them. And they chose, man, to digest it. Chose to digest it. In our sense, man, we've got the whole Word of God. The question is, are we willing to digest it? Are we willing to read it? Aren't you thankful, man, that we have the Scriptures written in our own language? Right? Given to us to be able to read, to study, man, to meditate on. Reception of the Word is choosing, hey, to actually read it. Hello. It's choosing to read it. To Take it in, man. Hey, do you read the scriptures? I love some of these quotes that I saw this week pertaining to getting into the word. I love what D.L. Moody said. He said this strong word. He said, I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. Man, strong word there. I love what Howard Hendricks says pertaining to. Man, the need for us to get into the word. Look what he says. God wants to communicate with you in the 21st century. He wrote his message in a book. He asks you to come and study that book. And for it's essential for growth. It's essential for maturity. It's essential for equipping you, training you so that you might be an available, clean and sharp instrument in his hands to accomplish his purposes. So the real question is, how can we not, how can we afford not to be in God's word? And then lastly, from Bill Bright, look what he says here. The wings of an airplane represent the life of every believer. One wing represents the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. The other wing represents the word of God. Just as a plane cannot fly without both wings, neither can the believer in Christ really fly listen church hear me man hey we need to get into his word we need to read his word what does that look like in your life you're not going to grow the way the lord wants you to grow you're not going to mature the way the lord wants you to mature if you're not man setting aside time to get in the word for yourself and by the way can i go ahead and throw this in free of charge today you never graduate from needing to get into the Word. Hello, you, you never graduate from. It. You may say, "Man, Pastor, Irv, I've heard this a million times. You need it for the millionth the first time." We need the Word, man. I'm sharing, man, just being real and forthright because it's convicting for me. It's so easy, man. I could I could pawn off my time in God's Word, reading His Word, and just say, "You know what? I'm studying for a sermon this week. I don't need to get into that." That's a bunch of hogwash, brother Devin. We need it. So what does it look like in your life, man? Reading His Word. We've got to choose to receive the Word of the Lord, man. That's the first step in treasuring it. Secondly, let me keep moving here. man. Second way that we choose to treasure God's Word is learning how to rest on the authority of the Word. Look at... The text here, look what it says. It says they received the word, which they heard, and they chose to accept it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. They chose to accept it as his word. That's a big statement. The context there, man, in Thessalonica, there was a lot of people that were saying a lot of stuff pertaining to God, Pertaining to what his word was, a lot of idol worship going on. Hey, a lot, man, of stuff that was being said. And what they declared, the church there, what they declared was that, hey, what Paul, man, is sharing with us, what we're reading here, man, in these scrolls or whatever they had, tablets, whatever they had in the first century, right? Whatever hey, what we're reading here, this is God's word. And we're going to rest on the authority of it. Hey, in order to treasure God's Word, you've got to understand that it's His. You've got to understand that it's His, not man's Word, but God's. Right? It's His Word. What does that mean, right? Resting in His, resting on the authority of the Word. Man, it means this, that you choose to believe that it's divinely inspired. Hey, that the Lord, man, hey, He, hey, He divinely inspired this Word. Even though it was written by man, hey, they were inspired by God to write it inspired by God to write. And look at what 2 Timothy 3.16 says. It says this, All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. A couple things said there. All Scripture is breathed. Some folks, hey, hear it. Is. Some folks want to throw away the Old Testament. They think, hey, it's just about this. No, no, all Scripture is. All of it is His. It's breathed out by Him. And it's proper for those reasons. Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Divinely inspired. This is God's book. So what that means, like I said earlier, the Bible is more than just some handbook. Hey, the Bible is more than just some history book. The Bible is more than just some fact book. The Bible is his book, God's book. Right that was inspired by him and is probable for us to read, not like a textbook, but like his book. Been in school a long time, you know, I have, I'm still in it, trudging through, right? Uh man working through, Lord willing, man, I'll be done at some point, you know, with my doctorate, Lord willing. Honestly praying that he comes back before then, so I got no I'm What <laughs> uh, Lord willing, I'll be you know, finished at some point with it. But I remember right in high school, you know, one of the classes that I took, man, physics, man, worst class I took in high school, couldn't stand it. Read the, man, just even thinking about reading the book put me to sleep. I know we got some science fans in here, man, I struggled with it. Science just wasn't my thing. I remember I would, man, approach reading that book with, with, you know, drudgery because, oh, it's just a textbook that I've got to read for class. Well, can I go ahead and tell you, friend? Hey, that's not what the Bible is. (laughs) Bible isn't just some textbook, man. You've got to read to get a gold star, man, in God's class. No, no. It's God's word to us, inspired of him, man, the way that he wants to communicate to us, strengthen us, grow us. And so the call, man, for us is to rest, man, on the authority of his word, believe that it's divinely inspired. Not just that, right? Not just believing that it's divinely inspired, but it's us believing that it is without error. Believe in right uh, the uh, doctrine of uh, inerrancy, which means that man there's no error here, uh, no error it says here right uh, would speak of inerrancy uh, p. d. Feinberg defines it as the view that when all the facts become known, they will demonstrate that the Bible in its original manuscripts and correctly interpreted is entirely true and never false and. All it affirms, whether it relates to doctrine or ethics or to the social, physical or life sciences. Resting on the authority of the word, man, is understanding that there ain't any kind of error that's in this word. I know that's bad grammar, man, but that's good truth to to hold on to. Hey. Hey. It's resting on the authority that there is no error. It's resting on the understanding that, man, there's 66 books, man, that are in this word written by 40 writers, man, over 50 over a 1500 year span penned out by eyewitnesses. Man, during the time, which all right throughout the whole of the 66 books, man, there consists a perfectly consistent message. That God made us to know and enjoy him. But we sought to find our identity in worldly things, man. Found ourselves, and as a result, man, sin entered into the world, man. We find ourselves hopeless, but not helpless. Because Christ, man, at the right time came to rescue us, man. He died in our place and rose from the dead. And as a result, man, freely offers us eternal life. Hey, the word of God, hey, listen to me. The word of God can be trusted. Today, because it is his word. And can I go ahead and say this, too? Choosing to have a high view of Scripture, man, will lead you to truly treasure it. Talking about treasuring God's word, hey, choosing to have a high view of Scripture, understanding the realities of it. I don't care what they say out in in the media, Brother Dwayne. I don't care what article you might have read one time right off some kind of offshoot website on Google that you pulled up. The truth is, hey, this is God's Word. And the call for us is to rest in the authority of it. In order to treasure God's Word, we must rest in the authority of the Word. We must choose to receive the Word. Then thirdly and lastly, we see right here in the text what it looks like to treasure God's word is this hey we must choose to give the right for the word to transform Uh, so look back at the text here says they received it as the word of God which is at work in you believers hey The Thessalonican church received the word, and evidence of it was that they allow the word to work in and through their lives. Again, like I said, they didn't see it as just some kind of textbook to read. They didn't see it as just some kind of informational resource for them. Right, or see it as, you know, I know some folks have, they see it as, man, some kind of resource to, you know, build their argument about something. They didn't see it as such. No, they saw it as God's word and its purpose. Right? For for him to speak to and through them, but also, man, hey, for it to work in and through them. They allowed for the scriptures to transform them. Here, it is. They, they didn't choose to read into what they heard, man. They accepted what they heard, man, as truth and allowed for the truth of the word to read into them. Man, hey, they allowed for the word to transform them. What does that look like for us? Right, it looks like what Hebrews 4.12 says. Look what it says. For the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hey, what it looks like to allow, hey, the word of the Lord, man, to transform us is a hey, choosing to allow for the word, man, not just to encourage us, but also, man, to convict us, to cut us, to correct us. Allowing the truth of God, right, to, uh, to uh, work, man, in a holistic way. And so not just picking out the scriptures that you want to read, man, oh man, this is getting encouraging for me, but reading the whole council and saying, oh, ooh, not just saying, hey, bless his holy name, but saying, oh my, Lord, I'm sorry. Man, hey, letting it work in your life, cutting, correcting, and challenging. Hey, hey, I, I, it's a struggle on a human level to, to let that happen, isn't it? Don't you, hey, don't you, you probably are like me, you've got those friends, man, that are real good about just keeping it real with you in love, right? Hey, you know, married folks in here, maybe it's your spouse that, hey, that's real good at that. Amen. Thankful for that. But sometimes they tell you stuff that you ain't trying to hear, right? Even though it's the truth, and they're saying it, man, hey, in a way that is uh, loving, it's the truth. I've ran into that plenty of times, man. Folks, I, you know, I got a good buddy back home, man. He loves to remind me about my dearth in height, how short I am. I already know that, brother. You ain't got to remind me of that. But it's true. Hey, and what it does, hey in times past, you know, in college in particular, man, it's a good, humble reminder that I'm not Shaq. And if I drive, you know, playing ball, drive on a dude that's a lot taller than me, he's going to make me look like a fool and block my shot. I say all that to say, hey, when it comes, man, to reading God's word and allowing for it to transform us, we've got to choose, man, to allow for the Lord, man. Uh, to work in cutting us, correcting us, challenging us, and moving us to uh, response. The Thessalonican church, they allowed for the word of the Lord to do its its work in their life by choosing to walk in uh, obedience. We must give the right for the word to transform us. Just real quick, some how-tos, what I've learned, you know, and I'm not an expert Uh, In you know, reading God's word, I'm growing just like y'all. Y'all need to know that. Hopefully, y'all know that. By the way, man, I'm in this with you. I'm talking to us, and that includes me, man. Hey, I need to grow and uh, mature in spending time in uh, the Word as well. Like I said, this text is convicting uh, to me. But but just some some quick uh, how tos, man, on on how we allow for. Uh, the word of the Lord to transform us. How how we move, right, from just simply reading his word, right, to allowing his word to get into us. Like an old preacher said, right, getting in the word until the word gets into us. How we move, you know, from man, one step to uh, the next. What does that uh, look like in uh, our life? Well, first and foremost, it looks like this. Beginning, man, your time in prayer as you read. Hey, if if the Spirit of God is not active right when you're getting into the Word, man, that, then the truth is nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. You've got to ask for the Lord, man, to reveal Himself to you as you read His Word. We need the Spirit of God to open the eyes of our heart as we connect with His Word. We need Him to speak to us. We've got to begin in... Prayer. Secondly, right, uh, uh, what we need to do, right, and what I encourage us to do is this, man, to choose to pen what the Lord reveals to you. Man, as you read the scriptures, man, hey, and the Lord speaks to you through a verse, a couple of verses, man, hey, choose to pen and those thoughts down that come from Him. Maybe some of you have, right, an immaculate memory and you can just, you know, store it in the memory bank if you will. Okay. Sure, do that, but don't let that be an excuse in you not falling in obedience to what he's saying. I know I find it to be a lot easier, man, to do that when I choose to pen down what man, the Lord may be revealing to uh, me. Pen what the Lord reveals to you. And then thirdly, right, ultimately, it looks like this. Choose to obey what you read. And obey what you read, man. Hey, we get into the word, not just for inf- information, but for transformation. And that comes when we choose to obey him. James 1 tells us, hey, don't be hearers of God's word. Be doers of it. The call is to obey. And that's how, man, we walk in. That's how we rather allow for the Lord, man, to do his transforming work. Man, in our life when we get into the word. Now, we must let the word of the Lord transform us. reason why some of us, man, are in the same place, even though, man, you try and get into the word, is because you ignore what the Spirit of the Lord may be saying to you as you're reading his word. You've got to choose to follow him in obedience and allow for the work that the Lord wants to do in your heart as you read his word. You've got to allow for it to take place. Which, by the way, we see that happen in the life of the Thessalonian church. No. It's as a result of verse 13, them receiving the word and letting the word do its work in their life that we see 14 through 16 take place. It's through their intake and time with God in the word. And in prayer, allowing for the Spirit of God to work in their heart, that allowed for them to stand in the midst of persecution. Allowed for them to imitate how the other churches were were living their Christian life. It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't them trying to conjure it up on their own. It was through, man, their time with God. Came growth. And from that growth, man, came the outward expression of it. Don't miss the picture, church, in the same way, hey, that is what the Lord wants to do in and through us. Like I've said before, right, what separates the Thessalonian church, right, from uh, the church today in large, right, is that they understood that, hey, their Christian life, man, was not just simply comprised to or, or uh, wasn't just simply uh, relegated, I should say, to, man, just a Sunday morning experience. They understood that, hey, the reception of this word, man, walking with God, was key in them choosing to live this life out for him, outside the walls. And we've got to choose to understand the same thing. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to be that one Christian that's talked about in 1 Peter, man, that, that, hey, just saved, but just escaped hell's flames. Hey, because I've got nothing to show for my life. I, I got my get out of hell free card. But I didn't choose, man, to, to intake his word. And as a result of that, hey, I, I just kind of did my own thing and coasted into eternity. That's not what God wants for church. Man, he, he wants you to be 1 Thessalonians two fourteen through 16 believer, which in our context speaks to, hey, wherever he has you. And choosing to be all in for Him. And that begins when we choose to treasure God's Word.